Welcome to Season 3 of Love Unlimited with Helen podcast. In this season, we shall open up our borders and explore the vast richness, abundance, and uniqueness of life. We shall dig deep to learn more about relationships in their every single sense. Our guests for this season are equipped with loads of wisdom and knowledge that I'm also eager to delve into as I learn and grow. Hi, my name is Helen, Certified Master Life Coach and Certified Relationships Coach. Love, life and prosperity drive my curiosity and I love delving into all this with joy. What drives you? If you haven't connected with me yet, please make a point to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Let's continue the talk after this podcast on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And my pen name is Guru Helen. You can also learn more about me and what I'm about on www.guruhelen.com. I look forward to connecting more with you. This podcast is sponsored by Popstar Seize Your Center Stage. It is available on handbook and Kindle version. You can get yourself a copy on Amazon.ca, Amazon.com, or better still, you can find it on my website at www.guruhelen.com. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is Cindy Lin. We're talking about healing beyond the cure. With over 25 years of nursing experience and successfully navigating numerous health challenges of her own, Cindy Lynn has become an expert in, at helping women transcend their diagnosis and reclaim powerful, beautiful lives. In addition to integrative coaching, she uses a variety of bodywork, including yoga, pilates, and reiki, to move clients beyond the limitations of a diagnosis and back to a full life, believing that even in the face of chronic illness, we can choose to experience joy and genuine purpose. Cindy brings out the forgotten potential in each of her clients. Her unique framework focuses on deep healing and rediscovering the other aspects of life and health that are so often lost when a diagnosis takes over. Cindy Lynn loves to speak about healing beyond the cure and living your best life after a diagnosis. Your diagnosis does not have to be your destiny. She splits her time between lakes in Minnesota and Wisconsin with her husband Andy and Dash Hand Rescues, Liesl and Lady. Hello again and welcome to Love Unlimited with Helen. Today we have the honor of having Cindy Lynn with us all the way from U.S., is that Wisconsin today? Yes. And she's telling me it's cold there. I'm also in a cold place, but you can be assured our hearts are warm. In mm. fact, they're hot, yearning to share. And Lynn will give us a lot of talk, as you've heard as I talked in her intro. She is a nurse with a special calling. And it is that special calling that we are focusing on today. We are going to talk about healing 
beyond the cure. I know some of us are like, uh, what's that? Does that exist? Well, sit in tight and learn that there is healing beyond just being cured. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Helen, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, wonderful. Now, Cindy, tell us something about yourself that no one normally knows about you. Hmm. I am an absolute fiend for peanut butter and jelly on white bread. (laughs) Now the secret is out because that's not necessarily the healthiest choice. And I don't even get to eat it very often because I I can't eat gluten. But if there's anything that really, really calls to me, a guilty pleasure. PBJ on white bread. Wow. Well, that breaks a few rules, I can tell. But guess what? I love peanut butter too. I do. Sometimes when I'm very hungry, when no one is watching, I scoop a bit and walk out with my mouth full. <laughs> and suck. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, really? I don't think funny. Wrong. Yeah. All right. So then tell us about your family. Something about your family. Are you married? Do you have children, child? Where are they at in life? I have a fabulous husband, and we've been together for 32 years now. Kudos. And I picked him up in a bar in Jamaica. We have a wonderful son who is 23 and graduated from university last year. Congratulations. Our our pride and joy. Mm -hmm. And then um, two dachshund rescue dogs. Oh, nice. I love dogs too. Congratulations on your son and thank you for letting us know. Now, what called you to nursing? Why did you choose nursing as a career? I, I got my bachelor's degree in nursing and went in just with a very basic thought of wanting to help people, wanting to help people get better mm-hmm. and always interested in the sciences and, and learning and how the body works. And so that seemed like a real natural fit at the time. And then you decided to go deeper. Where did you go? Well, I actually left. And then came back deeper. So I shifted from bedside care to Mm -hmm. clinic care Mm -hmm. and working with pacemaker patients and defibrillator patients, in fact, in Canada, in Toronto at the time, and then made the shift to go work for industry, wanting a little bit more of the nine to five, a little bit more predictable kind of schedule. Mm -hmm. After many years of that, Mm -hmm. I really wanted to get back to working one-on-one with people. But there was a little bit of a caveat. Mm -hmm. And at first, this may sound hmm, a little alienating, but I wanted to work with people who wanted to get better. Ah. And so many people come into the hospital, especially in the cardiology space where I was, Mm -hmm. they come into the hospital the hospital, the nurses, the doctors get them kind of all fixed up and then they go home and they, they don't continue to care for themselves oh. and the cycle repeats itself. 
Okay. So I wanted to work with people who really wanted to improve not only their specific diagnosis, but their health and their life in general. Wow. You know, when you talk like that, a few people are just coming at the back of my head like this, like small ghosts, because I can see people who go to hospital just to get fixed instead of getting well. Mm -hmm. And how did you get about that? How did you, did you, someone talk to you about people wanting to get healed other than just being cured or treated? Did you get a way to get out there and tell people, yeah, there's a better way than just coming to the hospital? Yes. So I started small. I didn't, I didn't have that full thought gelled completely in my brain at the time. Yeah. But I was in the corporate world. I knew the corporate world wasn't doing anything for my health. I was stressed and, and, and burnt out. And so I started uh, teaching Pilates. I went and got my certification, started teaching Pilates. And ended up working with people in a rehab capacity. And in fact, I still do have a small physical practice where I see patients and I use yoga and Pilates for rehab. Mm -hmm. And I found that these were the people who really wanted to work on themselves. So they Mm -hmm. had had knee surgery, they had had an injury of some type, but then they took it upon themselves to go a little bit further, to get a little bit stronger, to, to really connect with their body. And, and get it well. And that spurred, you know, kind of one thing led to another. And so after being out of the medical space, a very fringe on the medical space, I've come full circle now and am working with um, clients who are patients and who want to go beyond just the, the treatment for the cure to really healing their body. All right. Very often that means healing from the whole experience of the diagnosis. Tell us the process. How do you start someone on a healing process? Just take us through the few steps that you do. So let me give you an example. Yes. I just got a diagnosis. Knock on wood. I just got a diagnosis that uh, I need a pacemaker and I just got a pacemaker and I need to get better. So let's start from there. How do I move on? So there's, there's two ways I work with people. So as a brand new diagnosed, oh my gosh, there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with my heart. And now I have this machine. Mm -hmm. You could come to me and we would spend an intensive day together virtually, or Mm -hmm. hopefully someday in person, we'll get to spend time together. We would spend the day together virtually, and we would discover your philosophy of care and what you wanted out of life. We would discover who your support systems are and how best to use them. We would discover what specialists you may want to go to for second opinions or for advice. And maybe there's specialists I know about that you haven't heard of yet. Mm. And we would look at all those things based on your goals Mm. because it's very important to people that they that 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 diagnosis doesn't take over their identity. Yeah. There's a big difference between saying I'm a pacemaker patient mm-hmm. and I'm a person who happens to have a pacemaker. Yeah. You could feel the different energy. And I yes, know you yes. work in that energy space. Huge yes. different energy. Yeah. One is something that's happened to me 
that I may or may not have adjusted to. Mm-hmm. The other is, okay, this is what came up. This is what's going on in my life. I am still this person I was before. And by the way, how do I take care of this and move forward? This new stage in my life. Yes. So that's one way that I work with people when it's all of a sudden, here's something that I've found out. Okay. And it's very true, especially with pa- uh, patients with cancer diagnoses, mm-hmm. because that's oh. just overwhelming to hear those words. Yes. Yes. Where it sounds like start. a mini death sentence. It is. Well, and that's what people think. And they think, okay, now what? Now what do we do? And I I can help those people very quickly get on the right path for them. Wow. And it's not because I know every path out there. It's not because I know every disease out there. It's because I can help them tap into what's important to them so that whatever resources we connect with, they'll make sure it's the right one for them. Wow. And you sort of also help them tap inside themselves for the life that's in them. Yes. Because whatever happens to them, they have no choice. It's up to them to decide how they respond and how to use their life in them to survive what happens, what comes their way. And maybe even to thrive. You know, we we look to that. (laughs) We look for messages and sometimes it sounds trite sometimes you know there's people who work in the energy space there's people who think it's a whole lot of woo 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 but one of Uh, the first things I've had that many times yeah right so when clients come in my practice and they're like I don't know what happened my knees are just killing me Mm -hmm. I'm like oh are you moving too fast in life Mm -hmm. you know what are you doing? When, and as I talk to people, it's funny how the body just demonstrates to us its messages. So you talked about listening to that inner voice. Yes. Well, if we don't hear the whisper, it's going to start screaming. And if we still don't listen, it's going to get the knees and the feet and the back. And It will and start banging on things inside. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I say that with a smile and a laugh, but really everything, as you know, that goes on manifests itself in our body through that. Yeah. So the other way I work with people Mm -hmm. is if they've been through a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. if they've been through treatments and they just can't shake that feeling that, you know, I am a diabetic Mm -hmm. or I am a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. That for me is a very tricky statement yeah, yes. I don't like that too. I, I and see, I don't, I don't either. It, and really, it it's bothers me. Like it bothers me because it follows a very powerful word. I am exactly. Yeah. And as much as we want to celebrate the milestones that come with treatments, mm-hmm. we want to be very careful about that language because that keeps the focus on the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And not on our life. That's true. So I have a membership mm-hmm. that is just a very simply, very accessible monthly membership, do at your own pace, where we talk about every aspect of life from your career to your relationships to limiting beliefs. And it allows you to do kind of a remodel, kind of a reassess, to step back mm-hmm. into your life and to heal from hearing the diagnosis, 
to heal from the often very traumatic experiences of the treatments. Even if they came out well, yeah. we carry that, that trauma. You carry that baggage with you. Absolutely. So that's a very accessible way that someone in their own pace and their own time Mm -hmm. with some access to me for support can move back into their life. They can become the starring role again. They can become the the I am, as you said. Wow. I love that. I never thought such a dimension of healing and nurses helping healing existed. Really, I did not. And I wish I'd known you earlier. I'd have thrown a bunch of a few people I love that passed on due to fear. And you know what I mean? Fear of diagnosis. Yes. And they, yes. Just, they gave up. They gave up. They, they died before they, death came to them. Yes. And yes. you can tell when you see them, even when you're talking to them, you are talking to a ghost, a shell. Because they left the moment the diagnosis hit them and they didn't know how to go about it. They didn't know what to do about it. They're in this dark, shadowy lifestyle all the way till the time they, they exit. And you feel, in my heart, I feel, well, you left a little too early. Mm-hmm. The world needs more like you, especially in these times of weird, serious, catastrophic diagnosis, they necessarily do not mean that you have to go through it alone and that you have really to succumb to the challenges that you face. And I thank you for choosing that path. I do thank you. Now, you you tell us that you take people through to tap into them. And there's a question that have, has been bothering me as I, as I was listening to you. There are people who get diagnosis and decide not to tell. How do you guide them towards that? For example, I was watching one time Jan Lavansant and there is gentleman who had a muscular dystrophy diagnosis that was affecting his motor skills. It was affecting his sexual life. It was affecting his relationships and children. And he refused to tell them what's happening. In the end, it caused the divorce, and he still didn't say. So how do you help such people? I don't want to call them patients because a patient is a label we like putting on people, uh, people with such challenges. How do you guide them to share the challenges they are facing with those they love? Yes. You, um, you could not have put in a better plug for my book, for my free book. <laughs> that we're providing today because it is that it's a communication guide. Uh, And one of the things that I think I'll stop you there. Listeners, listeners, listen to what she said. She's giving out a free ebook after this, please hang in to get the link. Stay in there. Okay. Continue. (laughs) So I absolutely respect a, a patient's right to share information or withhold information as they see fit. Mm -hmm. And for some people, if, for example, there's a a breast cancer diagnosis, and I I say that because that's one of the very common situations that comes to me. Yeah. If the person is in a great mindset and they are looking for solutions and they have a plan there may be certain people in their circles that they don't want to share this with. Yeah. 
if there are people who will say, oh, no, are you going to die? You know, that's not the kind of energy you want to pull in. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we talk about in this communication guide is kind of the circles of influence, you know, who you're going to tell, who you're going to tell what, Mm -hmm. and how you're going to tell them. Ah. So there may be people that you, for example, don't tell when you get the diagnosis. Yeah. But you will share with them after you have your plan. And you share the plan by saying something to the effect of, oh, I've had some health challenges and I'm going to be in some treatments for the next four weeks. So I'm not going to be able to make that meeting. But after that, things should be back on track. That's it. So you obviously need to share some information because someone else is going to be impacted. Mm -hmm. But if I share with you, and and again, energetically, I hate to even say these words, but if I say to you, oh, Helen, I was just diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. You're going to want to help. So maybe maybe you know someone who's been through it. Maybe you've heard of a great physician, maybe all of these things. Now, if you're a close friend of mine, I'm going to come to you and say, Helen, you got to help me through this. Yeah. Old man. But if we're business acquaintances, I may not be soliciting advice and yet open-ended information. We all want to help. Yeah. You know, I'm probably the worst among people who want to help as, an, as a nurse. <laughs> like, oh, oh, wait, I can help you. Yeah. But you want to share the information that will evoke this, the response that you want. True that. So that balance of who you share with, how much you share, at what time that you share, mm-hmm. really makes a difference. And it can get tricky. And even in the guide, I have, I have some, um, some spunky and comedic comebacks. You know, yeah. people that are asking a little too many questions and you don't want to necessarily share all of your information that yeah. you can kind of diffuse the situation with humor. Yeah. But maintain your boundaries. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I, as you're talking, someone is coming in my head right now, and I'm like, okay, she did that. She must have had good counseling. She must have had someone who really held her hand on that. And I want also to ask you one other question. Once you've communicated, do you need to do you help you as a coach? Do you help them find? Uh, people who are like-minded or do you put the, the the client in a new network or do you just do it strictly one-on-one throughout? So we, the clients that come to me one-on-one uh-huh. and as they, so we'll, we'll spend the day together, we'll craft the plan and uh-huh. then I'm accessible to them by email and call for a short time afterwards. So it's one to get if they choose to go that way you take them on -on one-on-one so continue and then so they'll have some follow-up with me and this is just kind of a one one kind of extended session that Mm -hmm. we do Mm -hmm. if they want to go onward if they want to continue to have access to me as well as support in managing this diagnosis through different parts of their life yeah then they can go right into my membership and like I said, it's very accessible. It's $47 a month right That's now. Very affordable. There's um, there's classes, there's exercises, there's two calls a month. What kind me. of classes? Um, recorded classes, me teaching uh-huh. on okay. each of the subject. On topic, I yeah. Try, you know, 
recognizing that sometimes there's energy challenges. I try to keep the information in very um, consumable bites, 15, 20 minutes here, 10, 15 minutes there, little exercises. Mm-hmm. The thing that's kind of neat is they can go in, they can do it at their own pace. So right. they have the entire month. And as long as they're a member, they have all of the classes. So they can wow. really go wherever they want. Wonderful. Wonderful. And and they also, do you have a social Facebook where they can join in and yes. follow? It's a private social group? It's a Yes, it's a private Facebook group that goes with the community. Oh, with the perks. Nice. Yes. And how long have you been doing this? How long have you been helping people heal? Well, I've been helping people heal for years. I've formalized it into a program um, late last year, my membership, and um, now the one-on-one. Because uh, frankly, for the past two years, I've been doing a lot of this one-on-one. Okay, what questions should I ask? What action should I take? Where do I get this? You know, excuse me. Yeah. And, um, you know, finally had somebody say to me, oh, you should, you should let people make appointments for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you tell me, do you coach the, just the patient or do you also coach if it's a couple? Let's assume maybe the couple needs support, both of them. Absolutely. And if it's, um, say, an elderly person who's going through this process with um, one of their children mm-hmm. or another caregiver, Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's the, it's the day that you spend with me that we make the plan. And, um, and yeah, so you, you do, you do handle individuals and you also handle impacted couples. Yes. I love that. How about families? I'd bring the whole clan. <laughs> <laughs> the work that we do initially yeah. in really determining your philosophy of care Okay. It's pretty personalized as it's directed um, to a specific diagnosis. Mm. So very often, even when dealing with elderly people, yeah, they know what they want, but they're maybe afraid of disappointing the kids. That's the word. They know that they're not up for a huge battle with cancer, for example, mm-hmm. but they don't want their children to think they've given up on life. Mm -hmm. So we find ways and resources, we find ways to help them collect the evidence and the options and the choices, Mm -hmm. and then communicate that so that the family's comfortable so that they're comfortable. It's, um, you know, it's really just a process. It's finding the right path. Uh, Okay, I'm going to dig a bit deeper when it comes to marriage. Have you had cases with people with fertility and infertility issues, ED, and how do you deal with those ones? So I have um, most of my clients in terms of couples have been um, sort of past that stage. I have mostly seniors, seniors. And so the challenges we face very often are, you know, at what point does the caregiving really change the sense of the marriage and the partnership? Ah. I deal with that question much more. Mm-hmm. Um, I do work with some um, women who are having challenges and who have um, struggled to not have their identity become an infertile 
woman because you know oh, the labels God. around all of that are tremendous uh, yeah they are very traumatizing yes they are yes they are. Um, and, and that has come as a result of other diagnoses. Yes. So a byproduct. I yeah. I haven't had too many couples, uh, come to me together saying, how do we manage this? So for couples, my, the primary way, like I said, is that, you know, we, we want to care for mm-hmm. our significant other mm-hmm. and digging deeper and asking what that means. Sometimes mm-hmm. frees people up to hire assistance, for example. Mm, you're right. Um, it allows them to raise the question, all right, I, I want to remain your wife. I want to have a husband-wife relationship with you. Mm-hmm. How does that change if I'm your 24-hour caregiver, taking care of toileting needs, feeding, all, all of those kinds of things? Mm-hmm. You, you kind of can't have both, has been my experience. Oh, and I think that's that's what happens. I, I'm I'm looking at how my mom handled dad. Yeah, I think that's what happens. And I think either are permission. They need permission to get help, and sometimes, you know, the the funny part is sometimes the the couples will get on, and I'll look and I'll say, okay, as a nursing professional, you know, I'm looking at this little tiny petite woman <laughs> and this very large. I'm like, this is you know, the, the bathing and toileting in a home situation is an unsafe situation. Yeah. So what are some other options? Mm-hmm. And that, that physical recognition then sometimes is, is the breakthrough point. And they come mm-hmm. back and they say, Oh yeah, things have gotten so much better between us mm-hmm. since we've gotten help with this. I love that. But they can't very often identify it themselves because, you know, we, we, we promise. Yeah, we promise. Sickness and health. All of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But taking care doesn't always mean giving the care yourself. Yeah. Taking care can be arranging and overseeing. Uh, you're right. And I've noticed from the few experiences I've had with people who have had such a diagnosis that they end up at some stage in their life being very cranky and angry at their spouses. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? Well, we look at the anger mm-hmm. and we know that it occurs and the pattern that it does because home, this, this person who's committed to you is a safe place to lash out. Yeah. And I would see this in hospital nursing. Mm-hmm. I would take care of, of, um, you know, patients who were wonderful to me and wonderful to the staff. And, and, and of course you're going to be, because they're depending on us to take care of them mm-hmm. and you catch more flies with honey. And then the spouse would come in and they would just unload, you know, they would be crabby as you discussed, rugby, <laughs> just, you know, this whole sort of thing. And you're like, hmm, what's not, what am I missing? <laughs> right. So sometimes it's simply because there's a lot of frustration a lack of control. That's a big ah, piece. Mm-hmm. And the spouse is kind of the safe safety net to, to lash out. Mm-hmm. So we typically look where that frustration and often where that loss of control is coming from mm-hmm. and try to bring even little pieces of that control back in. Oh, I like that. I do like that. Awesome. All right. So listeners, you've had Cindy. 
She's a whole lot more than that. And I've learned quite a few things, which I wish I'd learned a few years back. I'm not regretting. God brings the right people to your place at the right time. Mm -hmm. This is something you or your friend or your partner can learn from Cindy. Listening, we all have people who have been diagnosed with terminal illnesses or challenging situations. And most times we do not know what to do. Cindy is one of those angels who come to help us clarify the haze in this situation or condition that comes to our lives. And she's doing more than that. Cindy, you said you're sharing an ebook. What is it called? Uh, it's the it's communication guide. It's got a really long title, but <laughs> it's a communication guide that lets you share your diagnosis and keep your privacy. Wow. Sharing it in comfort. Yes. Thank you so much, Cindy. We've learned a lot. And I have a feeling I might just have to bring you back again for more specific talks. I I know. And this time I will ask out questions and even ask a panel of people who have gone through such a situation so that you can share more and give maybe cases of how you've handled them. So this is a first of many, Cindy, and I totally appreciate your time. But before we go, let's hit the Helen Juma fan question. Cindy, if I was to take you out on a travel the world tour, which city would you want to go to? Oh, one of my absolute favorite cities is kind of over in your neighborhood. I would go to Cape Town. Wow. What makes you go south? (laughs) Safari? I I absolutely love Cape Town. Awesome. Have you been there before? Yes, I have. Oh, what did you love about it? I love the wine. I love the food. Ah, True. Organic food, very warm people. And so welcoming and yeah. wonderful wine. <laughs> You're a wine person. Which one, is a wine person. which one is your favorite? Oh, gosh, that would be really. There's so many in the Stalinbosch area that are, are just yummy. And they're little boutique ones that we can't even get here. But, but you just taste anything and it's fabulous. Awesome. Because my next question was, what's your favorite dish? And I know it goes with which wine, if you say it. So what's your favorite dish? <laughs> dish. That is actually a um, probably lamb biryani. So we're, we're switching cultures again. I'm like, what? My husband's favorite. Is it really? Yes. He loves lamb biryani. He has made me make it several times. In Kenya, that's one of our delicacy foods like because of so much interaction with Indians Pakistanis and Arabs over the centuries we have borrowed a bit quite a bit if not all of their foods so you'll find uh we make biryani we make pilau we make samosas we make chapatis we make kebabs so all those and it's anywhere in the streets in hotels so Next time, if you come to this cold north, trust me, I'll make you lamb biryani. Oh, that would be sad. <laughs> and that would go with red wine because it's lamb. <laughs> so I look for a, do you like sweet, dry, or a, any good wine? A nice pinot. Nice pinot grigio. Pinot grigio. Okay. Alrighty, tidy. And if I was to take you dancing, what music would I be listening to? Oh, 
that's a tricky one. I'm not much of a dancer, mm-hmm. but if there's wine involved, <laughs> um, salsa. Salsa. One, two, three, one, two, three. Yes. I can see you dancing. Because if you do Pilates, I assume you're agile, flexible, your waistline can wiggle. So, yes, salsa would go very well. Cindy. Thank you for sharing your golden nuggets and beauty and all the energy you've shared with us. And we look forward to getting in touch with you soon again. And God bless you, Cindy. Any closing words for us? No, just thank you so much for having me, for being willing to share this message and for sharing all of the messages you do. You do great work. Thank you. How would I reach out to you if I wanted to get to you? CindyLynn.com. Simple. You can book a call from there. You can find the book. You can find the programs. Awesome. Awesome. Listeners, she's this close. CindyLynn.com. That's the helping hand you need or you have been looking for. Cindy, thank you so much. God bless you. And that is all we had for today. I'm glad that you learned something, you grew, you enjoyed. And I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast share so that your friends can also learn a thing or two from the platform. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Helen Juma, or at Guru Helen on Instagram, Facebook. This podcast was sponsored by Popstar. Get yourself a copy on www.guruhelen.com. And until next week, where we shall invite another guest, learn grow and love some more. This is Helen signing out. Peace and love to y'all.